Travels with John Smith, Chapter 34, Summer 2015, The Long Way Home, Part 1, Turkey. We are about to board the plane to Istanbul when I notice it is gone. I look around the seats where we have been sitting for a couple of hours and my heart sinks into my gut. Have you seen my guitar? John says no. I feel the fear come up and my mind flips through the places we have been in the last seven hours or so that we have been in the Urumqi airport. I am sure that it will be at the last security checkpoint we went through and John goes to check. I gather up the suitcases to follow dread in my stomach. I think about it and remember the straps being tangled up with my backpack straps and the crowd of people behind us watching us as I untangled them. I remember placing it on the conveyor belt and then remember gathering up loose items, my belt, silver jewelry, iPad, purse, passport, ticket, backpack, and carry-on suitcase. I don't remember seeing or picking up the banjo ukulele, so it must be there. I see John on his way back empty-handed. He shakes his head and tells me they said there was nothing there. I can't believe that, that the security people would take it or that someone else behind us would. But after asking a woman working in one of the first-class lounges for help, with the added help of a Chinese businessman who spoke good English, to call around to the other places we were, just in case I'm wrong, I have to accept that it is gone, probably stolen. I'm gutted, and John tries to cheer me up, saying he'll buy me another one, and... As much as I know I need to let go of it, I find it difficult as it was the banjo ukulele we got in Korea, and I haven't seen another one like it since. The main thing, though, is I liked playing it. It felt like it had become a part of me. We climb a set of stairs outside our room at the hotel where we are staying in Istanbul towards the sound of dishes clinking and the delicious aromas that promise breakfast. We walk into the morning sunshine of a large open terrace, and right there, almost close enough to touch, is the Blue Mosque. I had read about it, and it had become something we had planned to see, but I didn't expect it to be our backdrop, like a large picture in the sky. I didn't expect that we would almost be part of it, like we were eating breakfast inside the picture. After we get over the shock of having such a gorgeous panorama, we inspect the food and are delighted to find lots of fresh fruits and Mediterranean vegetables and delicious salty white cheeses, olives, dried figs and apricots. There's also a kind of spinach pie in olive oil and sea-salted breads, which we wash down with the apple and fennel teas. We are already in heaven, so cannot imagine how it can get any better. Our hotel is right in the center of it all, very close to both the Blue Mosque and the Hagia Sophia, which looks like a mosque but started off as a church, if I understood correctly. 
It has some really beautiful and famous golden frescoes painted on the walls and ceilings. We walk around the area and see most of the tourist attractions that people see, like the Basilica Cistern, the largest of several hundred underground caves, which was used as the city's main water supply back in the 6th century and looks like an underground palace. It is capable of holding a 100,000 tons of water, but these days there's only a few feet of water covering the base of it. The water is piped in from the Belgrade Forest, which is about 19 kilometers away. It was apparently used as a location in in a James Bond movie from Russia with love. We enjoy some people watching and the differences in different types of people here. There is a march going on in the big square near the Blue Mosque against the Chinese. Someone explains that it is because of the Chinese trying to push the borders in Turkestan. We stop for a sugar-free cherry ice cream and overhear some Chinese girls telling the waiter they are Korean when they are asked which is probably wise, as the sentiment is quite strongly anti-Chinese everywhere around here today. We walk around inside the Hagia Sophia, but miss our chance to enter the Blue Mosque as it is prayer time. There are friendly people sidling up to us frequently on our walk, and most are people with shops who ask questions and act friendly like they just want to know where you're from and tell you about Istanbul. Then they wait for you when you come out of the attractions and try to get you to come to their shops where they ply you with sweet apple tea and have quite aggressive sales techniques to get you to buy something that is beautiful that you don't really need. We started this trip with a small carry-on bag and small backpack each, so we don't really want to fill it up this early on the trip. One of these friendly guys starts talking to us, and we are about to try and get rid of him, but we get into a conversation with him while we wait to get into an attraction. He seems like a nice guy and has the incredibly beautiful clear golden green eyes we often see a lot here. He is also quite knowledgeable and interesting about the politics and history of Istanbul and Turkey, so we have quite a good conversation with him. We get a kind of informational pre-tour of some of the places we go to, so we aren't surprised when we see him waiting for us outside the Basilica Cistern when we come out. We go to the shop out of curiosity and buy some small but more expensive items for our budget. Um, Even though we get them down to half the cost they are asking to begin with, we are sure they still get a pretty good deal, good in hindsight. I don't like his partner much, as his game is very clear, but the guy who led us here seems more genuine. He even walks us around to a few music shops in the area when we tell him what happened to my ukulele to help us find one, after we have already bought stuff from his shop. He doesn't believe us when we say it'll be hard to find a banjo ukulele until he sees for himself that this is true. We don't find one. 
we do get to see the inside of the Blue Mosque and take in more of Istanbul's sights, like the wonderful spice market, where we buy lots of stevia in its natural dried leaf form. But now John is worried about taking big Ziploc bags of leafy substance on the planes we will be taking to get back to Canada. I am shown a beautiful turquoise cashmere scarf, and I remark on how soft it is. The seller says, Yes, it is very soft, like God's beard. I know I won't regret this buy. We are on the Bosphorus Strait in a boat. On one side of the river is Asia, and on the other side, Europe. We meander along, and everyone scrambles to the side of the boat to take a picture as we pass another beautiful building or bridge or landscape. There are castle walls, hotels that were once residences, and mosques with large round domes in the center and tall, elegant spires around them. It is about 3 a.m., and we have just arrived at the airport, the one that is about two hours away from Istanbul. It has only taken us half an hour to get here, as we have been traveling down the highway at about 200 kilometers an hour. I suspected but didn't know we were going that fast until John told me, and we were both too frightened the driver would lose control of the car if we spoke to him, so we were quiet all the way here. We have a 5.30 a.m. flight to Izmir, a small city on the west coast of Turkey, where we will visit our friends Bonnie and Eve. They were our friends that visited us in Wuhan in our second year, and we have wanted to visit them here for many years. Izmir is on the Aegean Sea, and the village is charming, with whitewashed walls and little cobblestone streets lined with restaurants and cool shops. It is like the south of France and Greece and, of course, Turkey rolled into one. Our room overlooks the boats and front gardens of the houses that line the port. The sea is a cloudless, bright, rich blue, and the sun is hot with a strong wind. We relax by the pool, eat some delicious food, and visit with our friends. This place is famous for windsurfing, and there are many competitions every year here. We go for a boat ride to a lovely swimming spot next to some caves. The water is freezing but refreshing, um, but I don't stay in very long. Bonnie and Eve say we could go on a day trip across to Greece as it is quite close if we had more time. So we hope to come back when we can stay longer. It is our last night in Istanbul, and we came back from Izmir late in the afternoon. We are watching six men dressed in traditional Sufi clothing, long, thick, white tunics with large hoop-like skirts on the bottom and round, stiff hat-box-like hats. They are called whirling dervish and are doing a spinning meditation, which is part of the Sufi religion. They twirl around on one spot while moving forward in a circular motion in the middle of the room, while an audience of tourists from different parts of the world watch from an outer circle of chairs.
It is said that there is a kind of spiritual gate that they can enter while they meditate, and whether this is a metaphor, some believe there is a parallel world they enter into, or not, it is inspiring to watch them as they are truly centered and look to be in a place or state of bliss. The white skirt floats like a wave around each man. Their heads are tilted slightly to the left, faces to the sky, eyes closed, arms raised towards the heavens with palms open, hands gracefully turning as they spin. They have been spinning for 20 minutes at a time to a music that is provided by an orchestra playing traditional instruments sitting behind us. The dancers stop and bow with no apparent dizziness and begin again for another 20 minutes and so on. The entire ceremony takes about an hour and we feel privileged to have been allowed to watch this Sufi meditation. We are on a busy street waiting for our dinner. The tables on either side of us have received their food, but they are waiting to begin eating. It is Ramadan, and they are waiting for the sun to go down. Our food arrives and we feel guilty eating, but a couple of minutes later, at a sign from the waiters, they all start eating at the same time. We have a delicious meal of lamb kebabs, hummus, and salad, and we are ready for the next part of The Long Way Home. Thank you.